Hello friends and welcome to the Moonlit Mind podcast. I am your host Anna and I just wanted to take a moment to welcome you to this space if this is your first time listening and if you are a return listener I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming back and tuning back in to this conversation. I have been wanting to speak more about a very particular journey and it's not one that is always easy to talk about especially if there is still some process that's happening within us around it and a part of me wanted to wait to share until I got to the end point of this particular healing chapter. But as many of us know who are on the the spiritual and healing journey, um, it maybe never truly ends until we leave this lifetime. So I guess for the sake of vulnerability even though my inner parts are screaming at me right now to turn back and to not speak about things in such an honest way. I am trying to lean into that discomfort and trust that what I have to share will land within some listeners' being and remind them that what they're navigating is worthy of being witnessed and shared and that we're truly not alone in these processes. So I guess with all that being said, I would like to begin by speaking to my background that I come from a long, winding lineage of disordered eating patterns and dis-ease in my family line. And like many of us who are spiritually awakening, we can start to trace the threads within our family units and dynamics and start to see patterns and start to acknowledge the subconscious and conscious inner workings between ourselves and our family members and what has been wanting to exist in the shadows and remain in darkness rather than be brought out into the light of day. So I guess this is kind of a two-part episode where I speak to my own family and familiar patterns and maybe you out there listening may be able to connect your own patterns within your families to what I have to share. But, um, yeah, there's many, many threads that um, certain addictions, you know, mental illness and 
disease can take. There's many forms and expressions. And, you know, it can take the form of a very overt addiction, such as alcoholism or drug addiction. And it can also take a very covert form and maybe take the form of an eating disorder. So all are very interconnected and equally valid and worthy of conversation. So in my own family, there has been a very common thread of anxiety and depression, which as I've gone about my journey on healing, it's really just telltale signs that your spirit is trying to communicate to you where there's unacknowledged trauma or unexpressed emotional pain and it's manifesting as anxiety or depression or even an eating disorder where it takes the form of a compulsion, an obsession, uh, or a behavior or behaviors. So really these are all just forms that you could boil it down to, you know, as simple as trauma or um, unexpressed emotional pain and grief. But all addictions really are patterns where we choose to evacuate our present experience and choose instead to escape into these numbing, self-medicating behaviors. And that in and of itself can harbor a lot of shame and judgment which only works toward perpetuating that addictive cycle. So, yeah, in my own family, there was, you know, different threads throughout the generations of, you know, unexpressed emotional pain and grief and emotions not being welcomed to the table and really seen in my parents and grandparents' generation the lack of conversation around emotional regulation or having emotions in the first place. So it's a total dismissal of emotional... uh, emotional states really so um yeah I can witness and observe how the generations have slowly progressed over time from you know maybe in one generational line there was very overt abuse maybe you know physical abuse or verbal abuse And how that maybe in the next generation shifted to perhaps not overtly, you know, 
outwardly causing that harm, but inwardly there's still the process that they haven't really tended to within themselves. The conflict and the self-aggression that they, you know, ensued into this pattern where having been possibly verbally or physically abused, they start to develop a pattern of self-fragmentation where they don't fully exist in a space of wholeness themselves. So trying to parent a child out of a space of fragmentation where they haven't done the healing work themselves to reparent and integrate those wounded parts of self, then they start to parent in a way that's not truly embodying the wholeness of love that they wish to instill in their own children and possibly through those cracks you know emotional dysregulation is still very much a theme where maybe they're not processing and honoring their own emotions and then that barometer starts to build and build and possibly they take an outwardly expression of such to explode or aggress and maybe not in a physically harming way, but maybe in a more just felt manner, maybe yelling, maybe expressing verbally their anger toward their, you know, children or family, or maybe it's just really felt and witnessed as the children start to attune and their nervous nervous system start to attune to that emotional state of the parent. So really it's just a continuation of this dysregulated emotional pattern and and then the next generation it's you know and we all start to develop coping mechanisms whether we're running into the arms of an addiction or escaping into a habitual pattern where we're not taught and shown how to welcome and honor our emotional states. So there's something to be fixed or eradicated and definitely not talked about. So... I think many of us in my generation, you know, born about 30 or so years ago, we witnessed our own family units still having that emotional dysregulation and us not being shown how to navigate our own emotional landscape. So we developed you know, nervous system patterns of fight, flee, freeze, or fawn, and possibly even behavioral patterns 
most likely very strong ingrained behavioral patterns of addiction or codependence, um, avoidance, escapism. So it's almost like we're trying to go back in time and heal the lineages of emotional pain. And at the same time, like we can only take accountability for our own part and start to reparent internally these parts of self that learned how to judge and be critical of the self and shame the self and reject the self and reject our various emotional states. So that's really the work we can do. We can't, you know, take responsibility for our parents or grandparents healing. I mean, of course, there's ancestral patterns and trauma that unfortunately or unfortunately so get passed on and it doesn't mean it's our entire burden to carry for the rest of eternity but we can you know do our part and start to pick apart this giant web or tapestry of pain and trauma and in our own healing journey and you know, do as we see fit to address those things. But in particular, my family developed a very strong pattern of anger and anxiety being the most prevalent emotional expressions. And not to say neither are emotional our raw emotional states, but as anger definitely can be a, you know, a very primal and raw state and pri- yeah, primary state. But I think underneath a lot of the anger was grief and sadness. And if anger has felt like a safer way to express sadness and grief then that's kind of the go-to and again anger can be also equally a primary emotion but when it becomes the only emotion then that's definitely something we need to start looking at and anxiety I feel like is more so I mean fear is definitely In this physical plane, it's definitely a part of our experience. Um, But I think there's a deeper underlying feeling that our needs will not be met or feeling afraid of losing something or um, yeah, not being taken care of. There's this deep felt sense of separation from love and what is fear but you know a perceived separation from love so anxiety in a way it's really this deep call back to love 
in that great discomfort of feeling momentarily or chronically separate. So, yeah, and then, you know, depression, I feel like, is a symptom of, you know, repressed emotional pain, whether that be anger, unexpressed anger in that primal, primary state. Many of us never really felt safe, you know, especially maybe more so as females or women identifying. It's anger was not always taught as a very safe emotion to feel. And many of us might have observed our own families expressing anger in a very uh, scary and aggressive manner. So depression can be repressed anger and also I think repressed grief and sadness. Um, So then, you know, what are the ways to cope with these mental states or, you know, diseases, if you will, diseases, um, as it's a disease in the mind, body, and spirit, you know, we start to go back to the nervous system and start to learn ways to seek that self-regulated emotional state, even if it's in a dysregulated manner. So we might adopt patterns of, you know, numbing with a particular behavior or substance and trying to bring our energy down and really just subdue our experience um, to calm ourselves down. Or we might seek a behavior that, you know, elevates and, um, brings us up where we're trying to kind of go into a frenzy response around this running mechanism where we're perpetually fleeing our felt experience. So, yeah, eating disorders are one way in which We've learned how to exist in a fragmented emotional state and to perpetuate a sense of self-fragmentation. And yeah, eating disorders can take many forms, obviously. There can be, you know, this sort of coping mechanism with food or withholding of food to gain a sense of comfort or power and then there can be a compens you know compensatory compen compensating practice of you know purging or eradicating ourselves of that energy so to free ourselves from that guilt and shame, but really it never does because it just continues to perpetuate it. And then, of course, there's, you know, exercise addiction where we are engaging in a behavior to 
a compulsion, you know, an obsession and given our power away to this behavior to make us feel in control or feel in empowered and safe and like everything will be okay and it's really just keeping our emotional selves in a box where the waves maybe won't have as much pull and impact but really it's still just this rigid mechanism of trying to overpower our emotional experience because we haven't learned or wanted to learn how to find safety even in the emotional waves and discord. So, yeah, I feel like that's definitely a big theme that my family learned was, you know, expression of anger and anxiety, depression, eating disorders. And then, you know, there was more like some side stories of, you know, drug and alcohol addiction kind of in my broader family, but also in my direct family, there was, you know, substance use. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to speak to just to set the stage for future conversations, but just really been thinking and reflecting a lot about families and having conversations with dear friends about family trauma and how we've learned our own patterns of emotional dysregulation and habits and how can we start to bridge the awareness between what's happened to us and what happened to our parents and also start to bring more non-judgment and loving acceptance to this very process of trying to bring healing to ourselves and to our worlds and I think there's many conversations that I want to speak to off of this topic off of the general theme of you know family trauma and mental illness and addictions and you know psychosomatic healing and really deep healing initiations that many of us have been undergoing. So yeah, just wanted to start the conversation about these things and bring a little bit more light to our own individual and collective experiences. So thank you so much for tuning in and yeah, please continue to tune into future conversations where I'll 
dive a little bit deeper into the nitty-gritty about topics, you know, that really speak to my being and are part of my experience, such as eating disorders and anxiety and all the things that have really been a big part of my journey. And yeah, I hope that you tune into those conversations later down the line. So, all right. Well, until next time, may your mind stay lit up by all that seeks to stir your heart awake and may your heart continue to feel into the depth and truth of your soul. And I will talk to you all next time.